Hello, everyone, and welcome aboard the Gilded Lily. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down here at our desks, pick up a quill, and pretend to be someone we're not, using these uh, funny-shaped rocks with numbers on them. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. This one here is about a few college roommates who abandon higher education and accidentally become pirates. Well, hopefully the good kind. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. We loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories independent of the lore and problematic content that often comes with these Dungeons & Dragons as you pull them out of the box. In short, it just means that we use dice to decide what happens next to our funny little characters. What adventures will our rascals get into this week? Well, let's roll some dice and find out together. When we last left off, the Gilded Lily was sailing away from the shipwreck of the Valiant. About a half a day had passed, and the ship quickly settled into an evening stroll down the Bismuth Channel. With no land in sight on either side, the crew began to celebrate and drink and play games and do music and lounge about with, you know, the potential riches you might get from the hull of the shipwreck of the Valiant. During this time, you interviewed so to speak, the three staff members that you saved from the kitchen of the Valiant, which was frozen in ice attached to a coral reef. Gazilka, an orcish woman with pointed elven ears, was the chef. Lana was a halfling woman who apparently knew Elliot by a different name. During that little encounter, you may have noticed that Henry called them Elliot, which was who they were before they transitioned. And Kirpy which was the auburn-skinned human singer who didn't seem to trust you very well. But between the three of these individuals, you learned some not great things about what happened to the Valiant. There was some kind of sea monster attack. There was some man on horseback involved. And now you know that at the maximum, two dozen of these arcane cannons are now gone. And everyone kind of parted ways here at the party as the ship sailed off. Now, at this point, you were probably about a day or two before reaching New Bismuth. You guys would be having your individual scenes right now, but is there any last little scenes or things you would like to button up before we reach kind of the bay of New Bismuth? I think it would be a good idea to like make the case to Kothak about keeping some of the stuff that we found on the ship for the use of our party instead of selling all of it for profit. Absolutely. Yes. Who would like to be involved? I was. Yeah, I think Riley was very excited about the ring, right? Yes, very. Yes. My process. <laughs> My process. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I used to be able to do that voice very well for a long time. Exactly. Is that any, anyone else? <laughs> oh god. No, what have I done? What have I started? <laughs> that was terrible. You're welcome. Sneak now. preview. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. Else gonna enjoy? I'm nervous. Zero, would you like to be involved in this as well? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We cut in with the three of you standing at the door leading into Kothak's quarters at the back of the ship. Before you, the door is closed. As usual, you can presume not locked. What would you like to do? Knock on the door. Uh, gently. A little gentler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A few moments pass and you hear the creaking of wood on the other side of the door. And it gently swings open. On the other side, you can see Kothak dressed in his normal kind of loose-fitting cotton shirt. little torn at the shoulders. And says... Uh, is everything all right? How's he looking? Roll me an insight check. Was he sleeping? Did he turn around abruptly? Oh, come on. Six. Hmm. He looks fine. Someone else can roll if you'd like. Oh, that means, yeah. That means something's no, I, not fine with him. I don't Where suspect the thing. Insight. I want to do insight. Insight. Oh, you're done. Okay. Rolled it. Let's see what I got. I got a 16. 16. Ah. Okay. Yeah, much better. The other two are fine. Here's the question. At the party last night, who in your group was drinking? Did anyone actually drink alcohol or was it just like... I definitely would have something. Okay. Maybe it's just your constitution is really good. You woke up feeling great this morning. From that perspective, that's normal for everybody. Zira, you look at Kothak and you can see that his eyes are a little bloodshot. And as you were all standing in the kind of opening leading into his quarters, you can see like a shaft of sunlight goes over one of your shoulders and gets near his face and he, he winces a little. And you can see behind him on the table, there is a giant pitcher of water and like an empty bottle of dark rum on the floor. Hmm. Is everything all right? Hey, buddy. Um, yes, uh, there's uh, just wondering um, if we could uh, have some of those items that we found. Uh, I mean, it's it if it it's fine if we want to talk about this later or may, maybe not at all. It, it can can we keep the ring? You want to discuss the hall? Um, he looks past you. Yeah. Come in, come in. And he steps out of the way and leads you in. And you see Kothak's chambers, which a little bit messier than normal. Normally, when you come in here, it's very clean and organized and well kept. The bed is properly set with these kind of robin's egg blue sheets and these kind of silken comfortable pillows and his desk is usually fairly neatly organized the back windows of his chamber are open and you can hear the sloshing of water on the midday sea as you all walk in he closes the door behind you um are there there any particular items you would you would like to um discuss uh well i for one would uh enjoy that magical ring that i found you see him reach over and he pulls out a small, very simple and almost plain wooden chest. It has like leather wrapped around in some cases to kind of give it you know, a little bit of visual interest. But he pulls it out and reaches down and there's a very brightly polished steel lock. And he reaches down with his hand. He doesn't have a key, but you see him mutter a word. His lips move. And what are your passive perceptions? Uh, we don't have any. Okay. Eleven. Best answer to that question ever. None. <laughs> okay. Um, none of you hear what 
the word is, but he mutters it and the lock just pops open. And he lifts up the chest and puts it on the table that's set in the middle of the room with the large map of the Drogma coastline. You can see along it, there are little pins with small flags in them and like stones that are placed on the map as markers. There is, is it called a sextant? Is that what it is? If it's for charting position by the stars, he should then not have yeah. that out while he has company over. <laughs> That's not what it is. He has a sextant sitting on the map, which I'll send a picture just so you perverts know what it is. I don't know what that is. Thank you. Pictures are great. But it's basically it's it's a map used for navigation. You can determine like distances and angles between two visible objects. But it's sitting on top of the map, and he drops the chest down with a thud. And inside, you can hear some things rattle. He pops it open, and inside, you can see most of the belongings that all of you found. At least the small, delicate stuff. You know, the big things like the wine and other fixings are being kept below deck and concealed Mm -hmm. storage compartment. But inside, you see bits of jewelry, some gemstones, things of that nature. And he reaches through, and he pulls out this ring. And is this what you're speaking of? Oh, yes, yes, that, that's what. Oh, do uh, I can just have it? First off, Vapa tells me that it can sustain magic for a time. Indeed. What do you plan to do with it? I'll just, uh, well, uh, study it and uh, maybe even use it for any of the spells I, I need that would need me to focus on it. Uh, as, as you, I assume you know, since you've been with uh, Miss Vapa a long time, that there are certain spells that you need to really focus on. You can't really yes. not focus on them. And, and that would help with the focusing of the one spell with while doing another spell. So, and, and us being, I'm pointing to me, Zira, then from me to mm-hmm. Yona, and being like, uh, we are uh, spellcasters. <laughs> Roll me a persuasion check. If anyone would like to help by chiming in, feel free. I'm going to add, I realize it's a very valuable thing, but Riley being able to do more magic and help us more with magic, that would be amazing. Does that give me advantage? Yes. I guess you rolled really bad because your voice sounded kind of uh, puppy doggy. <laughs> no, that's just how. So, um, I have, I'm going to cast Riley's reader. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. For all you listeners out there, a one and a two. Jeez. Oh, wow. (laughs) Are you rolling actual dice? That's two would get me an eight. That is not great. Yeah, yeah. Riley's supposed to be good at this. I don't know what's going on. I'm about to roll virtual dice. Yikes. Go to dice jail. I don't like you guys anymore. Get out of here. How many dice do you have? Die? No, oh, wow. I just rolled on the ND Beyond on the my persuasion check, and it was a one. <laughs> Hello. So right. it's a good thing I'm not the one doing the rolling. So <laughs> Yeah, I didn't write a saving throw in for that spell. Whoopsie. There should be one, though. It's actually DC 14. Okay. I think that should be wisdom, because you're trying to mess with his brain and put a whammy on him. Or just be more charming. <laughs> Do you want to know what he rolled? Yes. A 27. <laughs> a 27? Yeah, he rolled a 27. <laughs> they were rolling Riley, real dice you ever can, again. You can still do. <laughs> ever again. Hmm. Okay. So you, you what again. do you say to make this, this spell happen? 
because it's a vocal component. He goes like, wait, wait a second. Um, but, you know, if you're having a second thoughts, let me assure you. <laughs> and that's it. That's what he would say. He'd like, let me assure you that I would only use this for the most noble of endeavors. And <laughs> he's lacking confidence at this point. He's floundering so bad. As you're saying this, he kind of has a knowing, like you, you see a, a kind of bit of a frown roll across his face. Mm-hmm. Best of intentions. This is an expensive ring. It could fetch us a fairly large haul for the crew, but we are not necessarily a profit-seeking vessel. If anything, I think Vapa should have this. In this case, perhaps Riley could maybe borrow it from Vapa if we're going on a dangerous expedition and Vapa is not coming. Because if she is staying on the ship and not doing anything dangerous, then she might not need it. And if we are going to potentially get killed by something, then maybe Riley could just have it for this one mission. I think that's fair. Not all the time, just just sometimes when we need it. I know you're, you're relatively new here. Um, when it comes to resources on the ship, weapons, items of import or power. Um, They are usually a community item. Everyone on the ship, as long as they have, you know, the means to use the thing, have access to it if need be. Oh. I would have Vapa have it because her magical capabilities are far beyond what the three of you could muster. No, I mean, no offense. But Mm. if we are doing any kind of mission where this is separate, it can absolutely be distributed. I think it's a valuable asset. Valuable enough. He looks at you, Riley, to try and convince me of its value. Riley, after knowing it's failed, has been quiet, looking down at, you know, kind of just like a... And then when he says all that, he kind of looks up, like, with puppy dog eyes, and he's like, ah, hopeful. And then when he says that her abilities are outclass hours he kind of is like oh true so much emotions going on right now and as you have this thing going on he's pulling out other items that were involved with the wreck pulls out a potion it looks like i hate to say it it looks like wet cement it's thick and gross but it's a pretty large bottle he pulls out another one that is just brilliantly gold. It hurts your eyes a little to look at it. Along with that, he pulls out a scroll and places it on the table. We've been assessing some of these items as well, and we think they could be useful to us abate emergency items. What are your thoughts on this? I'm nodding vigorously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what's, what's the gold thing? So this is a potion of invulnerability, according to Vapa. I want that. That is great. <laughs> Don't we all? And then a potion here that will augment your strength. Mike says this is a potion of stone giant strength. I want that. I think these Ooh. items can be kept, at least the two potions. They would seem valuable, at least for our mostly melee-oriented crew. Sir, if I may, the scroll, is this a wizard spell? Uh, I, th- I think so. Look, Vapa, look through it and... She mostly found that it's fire-based, though it's not of any teaching, so that oh. she is skilled in. Fires? Can I see it? Yeah, you know, go ahead. Be my guest. Just don't cast it. It's a fire spell. Colfax's <laughs> 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 cabin explodes. <laughs> he hands it over and he says, as long as you don't blow up the ship. And he winks. <laughs> I wouldn't. Do oh, that. no. <laughs> Riley's just been eyeing the ring. Can we go now? I have the scroll. Can we? <laughs> well, what, what what does it no. do? You're the wizard here. You can roll me an arcana check. Oh, God. No. What is it? Out of four. Oof. 
it's, it's a natural a, one. Do you have an identify spell? I can identify. I think I do. I feel like we all Because you could cast the spell slot. Yeah, you're all wizards. I could hand wave that you probably have it. Ritually. No, I do. I have a ritual, yeah. Yeah, ritually. I don't have it prepared, <laughs> but it's ritual, so. We can, like, all sit down in a circle and cast <laughs> identify ritually. Debs, what would you say the reason Zira can't figure out what this scroll is? It could be like it's not a language that Zira understands. Or it's not a particular type of school. Yeah, I haven't taken this class in quite a while, so I'm a little rusty. What does this ritual look like? I like the idea that it might be looking a little bit different for each of us. Like Every... everybody casts identify a little bit differently. I just look over Zira's shoulder, and I do the thing with my glasses. Kind of like with detect magic, except it's identify. Um, oh my god! Is it? A, are you casting it as a ritual or instant? Uh, ritual. You'd spend ten minutes casting the ritual, I think, right? I scoot over, like looking behind, around her back, and I stay there for ten minutes. Actually, eleven, because normal casting time for identify is a minute. Okay, so eleven minutes. <laughs> so as I guess as Zira and Yuana go, oh, I know what this is. Riley's still holding. Well, actually, if you're all doing it as a ritual, you'd figure it out at the same time. This is a spell scroll of Fire Shield. In terms of spells, it would be fourth level. I would guess a little beyond your guys' capabilities at the moment, but could be yeah. useful later. If Vapa doesn't know this spell, and if it's beyond us right now, if we keep it, one of us eventually will be able to copy it into our spell book, right? And then we can sell the scroll and we can all copy the spell to our spell books and it will be, everybody will be able to cast it. That is right. Oh, I think that's a good Maybe. find. If Vapa can copy it right now, then she can just do it and we can sell it. It's like buying one textbook and everybody shares, which my school frowned upon uh, wholeheartedly. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? On the trip back, one of you take the time to copy the spell. Again, this is outside of Vapa's expertise, so we can't guarantee that it will be useful. Oh. If she were to uh, do it. Do I know that if I try to copy a spell that is too difficult for me, it's... Can I even do that? I'm the type of DM that is like, yeah, you can copy. It's the equivalent of like copying someone's notes word for word and then figuring out how <laughs> what they're talking about later. I'm totally cool with that. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so who would like to do that? I'll do it. Okay. Kothak kind of motions to you with the scroll. Take good care of it. And he leans in. And please don't blow up the ship. What What does it do? Ironically. Uh, it, it's a shield. So <laughs> I wouldn't purposely blow up the ship with it. Is it possible? Probably. But we're not going to think about that. No. Uh, he eyes you suspiciously. And as you pull the scroll, his grip is a little tight. And then he lets go. <laughs> I'll take care of it. All right, I'm 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 trusting you on this one. Yes. And at this time, you are all kind of standing here and you hear a, a knock on the door. And Kothak goes, come in. And the door opens up and Neil pokes his head in. Hello? Captain, I I have paperwork for you. And Kothak goes, hmm, bring it here. And Neil walks in with fairly fat, well-made scroll. And you can see that Neil's hands are stained with black ink like all over, and he even has some on his face. He unfurls it and he goes, I I have finished the uh, the paper for um, ship register at the docks. And Kothak nods, reaches out, takes it and unfurls it, and he goes, and um, by what name are we going this time? Neil, 
kind of stands up, puffs his chest out. The Amarilla. We are a vessel of gunpowder storage. We are carting goods from Malachi. Kothak goes, your handwriting's getting better. This is impeccable. And Neil goes, yes. Although I can't read it very well, but I can make look pretty. <laughs> and you guys can see that there, there's this document written in very, very beautiful script. And at the bottom, you can kind of see a signature. If anyone would like to roll a check, you could maybe figure out exactly what it is. Yeah, that looks interesting. What kind of check would that be? I'd say insight, investigation. Oh, investigation, please. If that's okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> God damn it. I rolled a natural two, which is a seven. Mm. A <sighs> 13. That's good enough. Looking over the document, you can see stamped at the top. It says, ship's charter by authority of the port of Malachi. This is clearly a contract that Neil clearly forged, and it's beautiful. Surprisingly <laughs> beautiful for Neil. Nice. Kothak furls up the scroll, slips it into its case, and he goes, gather up the crew. I would like to speak to everyone. We're about a day out of uh, New Bismuth, just to get everyone prepared for what's to come. And Neil goes, aye, Captain. I, I, will, I will go get them. Yes. And he walks out, his ink-stained hands and kind of a triumphant grin on his face. Do any of you do anything? Or would you like to do anything? As he leaves like, and walks as by me. That room, I want to leave the room. I want to make sure I get out of this room with the scroll. I don't want anything else to happen. <laughs> uh, as Neil leaves and walks by me, Riley's just like, good job. <laughs> he, he kind of smiles and gives you a thumbs up. Um, and Zira, you quickly follow out behind him. Hey, Neil, wait up behind you. Don't close the door on me. Anything else? Uh, 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 Mr. Kothak, uh, so do you want me to give that ring to Papa now, or, or you, are you going to do it? I will give it to her oh, okay, after we okay. goop with the crew. Right. Thank you for the offer, though. Oh, uh, one more thing. Um, I do have uh, the journal from the captain of the ship. Oh, can I have it? Uh, yes. Here, here you go. Um, there you go. Um, he reaches out and takes it and kind of thumbs it over. This will be useful. I'll need some time to look through it, but it, right. it may get us some leads or contacts in the city. Right. Uh, if so, if you're busy reading that, if I could take the ring to Papa if, if you want, <laughs> or or not. Uh, he leans in close. He's kind of like towering over you. Is Riley fairly short? If I'm trying to remember, he's like five three. He's pretty short. Because Kothak is like five ten, probably. So we're no taller than Kothak. What? So Kothak <laughs> like kind of leans down, and just so you're aware, charms do not work on me. I spent years training to steal my mind against them. You will find much more success in talking to me on even ground. You try that again, you will be in the water. I'll, I'll go now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like try and slink away? As he says, I'll go now. Uh, just kind of steps back and kind of feels his way out, not taking his eyes off of Kothak, kind of scared. Just like, uh, like, where's the door again? Oh, uh. you, you grab the handle and as you're opening it and slipping out, Kothak says, Intent with enough volume for you to hear as he looks at Ioana with a kind of a smile and goes, I just put him on a boat and send him to shore. And the door <laughs> closes <laughs> shut. 
Because <laughs> I rolled a very high insight check. <laughs> okay, so we leave the office. I don't have anything else that I would like to do right now. Okay. Just one thing, because you said that there was partying and there was music before on the ship. Could I have, like, tried to learn one of the songs, some new songs, a song that I haven't heard yet, just so that I have a new song that I can bring to my teacher when I see her in, in the city? Absolutely. Describe to me how you might do this, because then we can wrap it into a skill check. Sure. Basically, during the party, I would do my very best to try to memorize like all the words and the melody. And then for the next day or so, I would be kind of humming to myself under my breath to make sure that I remember everything. Thank you for doing this, because you know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Roll me a check. All right. What would that be? Intelligence? Performance? I think what performance, am I probably. Yeah. Just because like keeping right, rhythm. Suck at this. Let's do it. 14, that's not tragic. Okay. So the song that you caught Susanna singing during the party last night and kind of playing to is this kind of very, very rhythmic song that the crew would sing to as well. It's a rowing song called Flight of the Flail, which... Flight of the Flail? Yes. It's kind of a funny song and the crew really enjoys singing it, mostly because it's about a ship that chased a flail snail because their captain <laughs> wanted the gold. And they chased it for longer and longer and longer. And it turns out the snail was just going in circles and they were never going to get led to treasure. It's kind of a song that's like a lesson about, you know, don't get greedy at sea. Don't chase something if you can't quite anticipate the outcome, because otherwise you'll starve. All right. In this case, I did my best to memorize this song and I will sing it to my teacher when I see her. (laughs) Cool. I don't know what she will think of it, but that's what I'm doing. I will be totally honest. I don't have this song written yet. I am in the process of writing a bunch of songs. (laughs) But the main line that the crew sings out to is gold and wine and fineries of mine. That's like a piece from one of the calls, which for a sea shanty is, you know, the bit that the rest of the crew would sing while the main uh, singer is performing the rest of the song. But it's like... And yeah, so at this point, maybe you're humming it and you're humming this tune as Kothak walks past you out onto the deck and you can hear Neil ringing a bell that's affixed to the mask and calling everyone to attention. And one by one, the crew begins to kind of amass around the center mass with Kothak standing by it. Zero, where did you go as you followed Neil? I went straight to my room. <laughs> Ignoring the summons. You have made it down to your room. Neil is kind of calling out for everyone. And as you walk past him, he reaches out to kind of grab you because he can tell you're not paying attention. And he just barely misses your sleeve as you pass and make your way down the stairs to get to your quarters. So maybe we can set the scene inside your room. The fresh boards on the wall patching up the holes you previously made. I feel like they're not fresh anymore. It's been a while, you know? It's the aged holes. <laughs> They're still lighter than everything else, but it's fine. So you would like to copy this scroll? Yes. How does Zira go about this? I'm assuming I can't like take a picture. Um. (laughs) You could take a rubbing of it. You could meticulously kind of piece by piece, you know, do a side by side. It's magic. It could ease, it could also just be you like closing your eyes and feeling it out. Like this is your opportunity to flavor it however you want. When you say you take a rubbing of it, is that like that thing where like you put another paper over it and you kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to do that. Let's do that. Okay. So you produce, you kind of get some of this like leftover papers. But my question, so we're not doing the thing from like official actual uh, rose hoop, but say that 
for each level of spell, it takes two hours and costs 50 gold pieces because that would mean that Zero would need eight hours and 200 gold to copy the spell. Yeah, I'm not going to do that mostly because this is more fun. I mean, sure. I, don't mind sure. I will tell you though that because this doesn't cost you anything, there is a risk involved. Oh, what? That's why Kotag was like, please don't blow up the ship. Oh, like, no. Especially if you do a rubbing, like, what if you tear the paperbacks? Oh, it's cost 2,500 gold. Don't ruin it. So, Zira, you, <laughs> you produce a second piece of paper and place it over top. It's kind of very, very thin, so you can see through it and see where it is. And mm -hmm. to do a rubbing like that, you would need some kind of charcoal or something like that that is like a brick that you can just shear across it mm -hmm. and, like, rub it out. Has Zira done this before? Yes. I feel yes. like based on the, your backstory... 100%. That's how I get all my text. Yeah, I will say that copying spells, maybe you have advantage because that's kind of the nature of how you are a wizard. Wait, are you going to make me roll? Yeah, I'm going to make you roll. Of course I'm going to make you roll. You think <laughs> that's so. where the fun is. That's where the fun oh. is. So yeah, you're doing a rubbing of this, which you're very familiar with because again, a lot of your education was stolen and grifted. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you a couple options. Arcana, sleight of hand, or just like a straight up intelligence check. Intelligence check? Yeah, so you just roll and add your intelligence modifier. What skill do you want to roll? Let's say intelligence check. Okay. Oof, a six. Did I? I didn't do anything. You rolled a d20? Um, Maybe that was like a late thing. If you're on your sheet, you can just click the INT and it'll roll one for you. Wow, okay. Well, okay. I guess I rolled. You can roll. If that was an accident, I'll give it to you. I'm kind, and I don't want to blow up the ship right before Kothak is about to give DM a speech. DM is very that. merciful. Whoa, hold on. If I get a low number, I'm going to blow up the ship again. <laughs> you don't know. Okay, all right, I'm rolling. Reroll. Okay. 14. 14. Okay, so... Am I safe? Yeah, so my DC was 10 plus the level of the spell, which, which you is just, oh, just passed. <laughs> So I'll let you flavor this because it's more fun to kind of let you control the narrative here. I will say you have, have experience with failing to copy spells before. And I will say that if you're failing to copy this spell, you will notice the scroll beneath you getting hot. You want to describe to me how you managed to make this work? <laughs> so I have my paper. I, I put it over the top. I'm using the charcoal and I'm going over it and I start to feel it getting a little warm, but I don't know if that's just because, you know, I'm vigorously, you know, putting the, char the charcoal over it. So I don't pay it any money at first, but then I definitely notice because I have this like over my lap and it starts to get warm. I have a spell. What is it called? I can use a spell, right? In my room? I yeah, can use yeah. A spell. You're, you can use a spell whenever you want. You're a wizard. Yeah. Gonna use shape water. Oh, um, to cool it. Just to cool it a little bit, just to okay. create a little bit of mist, you know what I mean? Under my lap, under the book. So just, I, just one keep... thing I will say is I imagine spell scrolls to be kind of made on a vellum so that mm -hmm. they're hardy and so the water will not destroy it, thankfully. So you're doing the rubbing and your hand's getting warmer and warmer and you're kind of not paying attention because it's, it's a very calming thing to do. And then, uh-oh, you smell burning and you lift up your copy, which you notice you have copied the spell, but you came very close to triggering the spell beneath it. And you can see that the corners of the scroll are starting to burn. And with your shape water, mm -hmm. you quickly dab them out. Roll me 1d10. Now, I will say, with the shape water, I can freeze the water. Oh, yeah, and like dab mm. it out. Yeah, so I was just, it's just, in my head, it was made like a little snow flurry under it, like just the... 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I oh, like that. Cool. Roll me 1d10. 1d10. Yes. Rolled it. Oh, not good. That, what? I, there's only three numbers more? <laughs> what do you mean, not good? What did I do? Is this, this is a bad d10. I didn't want this d10. You'll, you'll figure out what that does later. <laughs> I don't have good luck in this game, okay? <laughs> Hold on, I gotta change the price. <laughs> what? Oh no! The scroll has been damaged and is less valuable now? No! Excuse me, Mr. DM. This is not fair. You didn't tell me this was at stake, okay? I said the stakes are high. I told you you could have blown up the ship. This is arguably much better. Good thing we're not for profit. <laughs> yeah, but you managed to get the spell, um, which is quite a feat considering that you don't have access to this magic yet. But you have a slightly damaged scroll of um, fire shield. I will say the damage does not affect the function of the scroll, but someone will probably try to haggle you on that. <laughs> we need to send Riley to do the haggling. He is good at that. As you're doing the rubbing, you hear the sound of a bell. Ding, 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 ding. And do you go up to do this, Zira, or do you just stay down below? Am I done transferring the spell? Yeah, I would say the 10, 15 minutes that it took the crew to gather up and tie off whatever they were doing for Kothak summons would be just enough time for you to copy it. Then yeah, I would go up. I don't want Kothak to be mad at me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You come up deck to find... The crew amassed in a circle around the mast. Kothak is standing on top of a wooden crate, so his eye level is above everyone else. Yuana and Riley, where would both of you be? I would be probably somewhere close to the door leading downstairs and slightly worried about why Zira is not here. So maybe you're by this door as it uh-huh. opens and Zira walks up. You smell like smoke. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about Okay. <laughs> good, good. No insight. I love it. Just blind trust. It's amazing. No. Trust me. Riley would be in the back as far away from Kothak as possible. Yeah, so very, very back of the crowd. Maybe you're getting glances of him as other people's bodies move and shift in conversation because you're so short and a lot of the crew is taller than you are. That's exactly what he wants. Perfect. (laughs) So at this point, the crew is kind of gathered around Kothak. A strong breeze of the late afternoon at sea is rolling through. The smell of salt water is assaulting your senses. You can feel the warm embrace of this late afternoon sun touching your skin, your face. And the crew is kind of murmuring and talking. And after a moment, the murmuring starts to slow and stop and you hear some people (coughs) clear their throat as the crew kind of settles into silence around Kothak. And you can hear the waves sloshing up against the side of the ship. The sails are billowing with the favorable winds carrying you towards New Bismuth. And Kothak raises his hand up and does a sweeping gesture to the crew. We've done good on this mission. Thankfully, with the help of all of you, and he's kind of gesturing to the crew, making sure to make eye contact with any person that his eyes pass over. Maybe Zira, Yuana, at one point during this sentence, he makes eye contact with you for a brief moment. Thanks to all of you, we were able to help a friend of us, of me and of Drogma's wing, Gillian. He's supplied us through many endeavors and with your help, we were able to get back some of the things that he lost. And with this bounty, we'll be able to pay him for the things that these people took from him. I want you all to remember today, remember the Valiant and not what it was, but what it stands for. The crew around him kind of hushes. 
It's the first of many victories. And you hear some people in the back, woohoo, and they're like banging their feet on the floor and hooting and hollering and getting excited. And Kothak goes, the Emporo are thieves. They may call us so, but they take what they want at the expense of anyone who is not them. And you see some nods, knowing nods from the crew. They latch on to any power or people and they embed themselves until one day the memory of better times without them are long gone. And you hear it. <laughs> Death fist. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> they promise security, but only provide dominion. You see one of the crew members kind of takes off their hat and they look a little troubled. Many of us have lost things to the Emporo. Some of us have lost our homes, branded criminals and exiled from the places that we once loved. If anyone would like to roll a insight check, now would be a good time. Yeah. Let's go. Nope. Nine. Uh, uh, nine as well. Wow, nine as well. What? <laughs> Triple nines. Are you guys <laughs> the mighty nine? Nine. <laughs> Together we're 18. I love <laughs> I'll give you this. As Kothak says this expression, over his face changes a little bit. It gets a little harder for a moment, though you can't exactly place why. The crowd quiets down, Kothak pauses for a moment, and then he slams his foot on the box and grabs onto the mast and kind of leans out towards the crew, chest punched wide. While people struggle and are left to deal with the wake of the Emporo, they came out here and you hear the crew, yeah, they partied and the crew hollers in response and they sold weapon weapons on a God's damned pleasure cruise. And the crew is murmuring, angry. And Kothak says, let's make sure this war machine loses more. And the crew erupts. Again, you hear Paul. Yeah, get him. Stupid. <laughs> the excitement kind of calms down and Kothak goes, their loss is a small blessing for now. But be mindful. I fear whatever caused this wreck this captain on horse, the monster that seemed to be, could be at his call. They may be equally as bad. An enemy of the Emporo, but still an enemy to us nonetheless. When we make port, keep your wits about you. Our immediate enemy remains the cult. We know they can hold influence over someone's mind. Riley, what's your passive perception? Eleven. He makes eye contact with you as he says that statement. Stay in pairs, speak up and remain vigilant. If you encounter anyone who is trying to sculpt your mind to their will, flee. Don't fight. Flee and regroup. Now let's get moving. And he reaches up and rings the bell and the crew starts to kind of cheer and holler and people start to disperse and go to their places. What do you guys do? This is like your first kind of speech with Kothak around. I, I, I kind of look to Zira and I say that thing about staying together and not getting our minds muddled. I think that's going to be important. How about we stay together? I I don't want, you know, to come back and find out that something happened to you guys. Oh. And I also don't want something to happen to me and then I will come back controlled by terrible creatures from underneath the sea and I will try to murder you horribly and that would be very bad for everybody. I kind of like that Zira hasn't said anything yet. So at the end of your first sentence, there was a pause and then you clarified and Zira's just still standing there <laughs> in silence. Like, what? Yeah, no, let's stick together. That's, it sounds great on all occasions. So it's great. Uh, how did the uh, copying the spell go? You're all done? 
Yeah, I did it. I, I did it. Lovely. So we can return the scroll to Kilthak so he can sell it. And we will have the spell later. That's great. Um, 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 um. So I, I did do it. Yes. <laughs> it's better if I show you? Okay. Oh, no. Why do you smell of smoke? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> what happened? What happened? It's fine. What happened? It's not... It's not me that sells the smoke. It's the school. Ah, um, okay. It just it it got a little hot. You know what I mean? Um, I was working extra hard, but it's, but it's it, still a scroll. It's it's not a pile of ashes, right? It is. It is definitely still a scroll. Um, Good. Something did happen to it. It it looks a little different. Not burnt per se, but but at this but, point, um, I like the, maybe Zira has uncapped the scroll case and has pulled it out a little bit. And Ioana, you can just see that the corners, the edges of the paper yeah, are definitely black. hiding it because I don't want Kothak to see it. Mm -hmm. But he, like you see here and here, like I... oh, okay. But the part with the actual spell on it is it totally doesn't untouched. look to be burnt. Totally, yeah, totally cool. Um, so like maybe we can convince somebody that this spell contains such powerful fire magic that it's it's manifested this way and it kind of is permanently singed though it's part of the spell right maybe i mean i i shouldn't be the one explaining that to somebody because i'm terrible at that but maybe riley can convince somebody that this is what happens why i wanted to come to you first that is a great idea yes <laughs> um so we should figure out what we're going to say and then tell riley to say it great okay but but kothak wanted us to return the scroll so that it can be sold right he didn't tell us to go and sell it right did he say so that? He did not. He did not. We could we could sell it. Oh, sorry. When I said he did not, he did not tell you guys to sell it. Is what I meant. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, that works. That plan. Um. Maybe we can ask him if we could we try could, and sell it. We could ask. We don't necessarily have to sell it. Do you do you think we could fix? I don't know <laughs> how. I really don't know how. Mm. I mean, we could try and copy it on a new piece of parchment and then sell this new piece of parchment as a scroll or, or vellum or whatever. Um, and then the new one would not be singed. But if we mess it up and we don't copy it right, then uh, we will have a pile of ashes instead of a scroll that's very expensive. Just occurred to me why in 5th edition they usually consume the scroll upon copying. Because you, if you do this can't. well, you could break an economy. <laughs> no, they they, they, they don't consume. Oh, they don't. On, oh God! If you could, no, if, no, 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 no. If you could get a, um, if you could copy this, oh my God! You'd <laughs> become a master copier. Your annotation. Ooh. Money, 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 money. Nope, nothing, nothing about uh, being destroyed. I believe. Okay. Mm. Um. So with this, I'd like to fast forward a bit. Okay. Cool. The crew finishes off its final trek to New Bismuth. And in the morning, all of you are kind of waking up to the early morning sun to start your shifts. Um, and, you know, helping out with various things that need to happen. Um, the occasional adjustment of sails and rigging and things of that nature, cleaning. But you wake up early to the smell of um, a stew provided by Henry. Um, and as you kind of make your way up um, onto the deck of the ship, you can hear the distant bells um, of other ships. As you now realize that overnight, while you are all sleeping, the Gilded Lily has 
made its way into um, the Bay of New Bismuth. A few miles out, you can see the shadow of the city casting um, its kind of looming long shadow over the open water as the morning sun is just cresting over over the city. Um, You can hear the sound of seagulls calling through the air. Um, And while you're standing here on deck, Kothak is at the helm, navigating the ship through the channel. Um, On either side, you can see other vessels of different varieties. Um, And you do notice something a bit strange. You look down and see that you are all wearing different outfits. Um, Or at least it looks like you are. It doesn't feel like you are. And you look back to the crew and see that Kothak is not... You kind of look at him and do a double take. He's not the orange-furred, ragged, but tough apeling that you have grown accustomed to seeing. Um, His fur is a very different color, a deep brown. Um, His clothes are very well-kempt. He's wearing kind of a tricorn hat. Um, Affixed to his belt are two scimitars. And you can see emblazoned on the back of his vest as he looks over his shoulder is um, the symbol of the city of Malachi. And the rest of the crew is adorning similar clothes. Um, And you guys all may be looking around. What do you do? What what kind of um, what's the change? Is it like um, a standard uniform, uh, same colors for everybody? Yep. All right. Uh, if you'd like to describe kind of your like, cool uniforms, feel free. <laughs> I kind of want to poke at it and make sure that it's an illusion and not like a transformation of some sort. So like. Yeah, your your hand goes right through. You can feel the comfortable clothes that you've been wearing. Oh, all right. Uh, that is interesting. Um, I, I ask uh, some of the crew, somebody who is like nearby, will will this illusion work when we get off the ship, ship, or does it only work on the ship? As you're passing by, I, I kind of like that Paul is popping up in this episode. He's he's walking by, um, and you happen to grab him, and he stops. What? Like, um, I, I look like I'm wearing something that I'm not wearing, so... Uh, if I get off the ship, will the illusion be broken? Will I look like I'm in my actual clothing? Or will I look like this? Pointing to myself. Paul looks down. Oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> he doesn't notice. <laughs> um, in my experience, uh, it, uh, hmm, a few hours off ship, it'll last. Okay, then, that, is, that is some amazing illusion magic. Yeah, Bob, Bob does some neat tricks. Um, and you can see that Vapa is kind of watching the conversation, a grin, a grin on her face. She waves. I wave back and say, uh, kind of point at myself and say, amazing job. That, that is a great illusion. Just like thumbs pointing up. down, thumbs up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's great. That That's a good scene to pull away on as the, the boat is making its way into the New Bismuth Bay. And our camera view pulls... It kind of sits stagnant as the ship sails further and further away from us. And in the distance, you can see on the sail is emblazoned the symbol of the city of Malachi, which I don't necessarily have planned out at the moment, but it's there nonetheless. And in the sun, maybe it reflects some light towards our view. And for a brief moment, 
superimposed beneath that symbol of Malachi, we can still see the symbol of Drogma's wing, which is kind of a, a dragon's claw with a wing curled around it. And as the sail blows in the breeze, that symbol beneath vanishes and we still see the illusion as it sails off towards the city. Hey everybody, and thanks for sticking around. The next few weeks are gonna be, well, you've already heard this before, but interesting. And not for cool guest reasons, because we've already recorded those. With our adventurers making landfall back at New Bismuth, we'll be wrapping up arc one of this story for the Gilded Lily. Our players get some well-earned decompression and plan their next phase of this adventure. So stay tuned. A theme song titled A New Hero in Town was created by the wonderful Kevin McLeod. We use his work a lot throughout our production, so check out Incomputech Music if you'd like more of that kind of stuff. It's royalty-free, so as long as you credit them. Our ambient tracks for this episode were created by Sword Coast Soundscape, which you'll find linked in our episode description on Bandcamp or YouTube. In addition, we also use tracks from Dark Fantasy Studios. Anyways, stay safe, and see you next week.